Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is a mini episode from M's Books and Cats podcast, where I'm sharing my book Super Jim, a chapter or sometimes two, a week. Please be warned that Super Jim is a novel for adults. It contains mature content that may be upsetting to some people. So listen with caution. And now here is chapter 13 of Super Jim. The dietitians came for her a few hours later. Maggie had just finished a second grueling workout. Thor had been relentless. Whatever had happened before, Mr. Pratt's visit had snapped him back to his normal self. He took his anger out on her in the form of burpees, squats, and bear crawls. There had been a brief moment of hope before Mr. Pratt showed up, but it was destroyed in an instant. Her insides hurt as much as her muscles, and the workout made it worse. She wanted to die. Benjamin Pratt watched her every move. Maggie could feel his eyes boring into her. She worked harder than she ever had before. She had to show him that she would not be broken. He couldn't win against her determination. Yes, he can. He's the big boss. She ignored other Maggie. She didn't have time for that kind of negativity. A plan was forming. She would escape. The wall was calling to her, and it was all she could think about. She would find out what was on the other side. Freedom. She focused on the thought. It got her through every task Thor laid before her. She knew when Benjamin Pratt left, her soul felt lighter, and she knew that in some small way she was triumphant. Her triumph was short-lived. The dietitians were all thin, pale, and sickly. They wore white lab coats and thick glasses and carried tablets. They were less threatening, but they had the same air of importance that the trainers possessed. Everyone noticed when they entered a room. Except for the sound of feet pounding on the treadmills, the cardio room was silent. All eyes were on the three white coats. Even Thor stopped berating her and watched them approach. His face was a mask. They surveyed the clients as they passed and stopped in front of Maggie, who was lying in a puddle of sweat on the floor and gasping for air. The tallest one, a woman with frizzy brown hair, looked down at her tablet. Client 54467, Maggie Ashwood? Maggie's throat felt like sandpaper. Yes? Come with us, please. They turned abruptly and left without another look at her. She climbed shakily to her feet and looked at Thor. His brow was furrowed, and he looked concerned. You'd better go with them. Hustle. There was a knot in the pit of her stomach. She was shocked to find that she feared these three white coats more than Thor. Staying with him suddenly seemed like a better option. They had already reached the lobby. Thor gave her a little push. Go, Maggie. You don't have a choice. 
She could feel everyone's eyes on her as she trudged through the gym on spent, wobbling legs. The dietitians were waiting for her outside. A long white car pulled up in front. Cars were not completely outlawed, but Maggie had never seen one before. Only the highest-ranked members of the Council of Health were allowed to ride in cars, and they rarely visited the super gyms. The door of the car opened, and the three white coats climbed in. They seemed excited about riding in the luxurious machine. The tall woman beckoned to her. Get in. The car was spacious with soft, comfortable seats. The dietitians chatted amongst themselves and lounged. Maggie was temporarily forgotten. She stared out the window. The buildings were a gray blur as they sped by. The car was fast, and she felt sick with the motion. They took a twisting route through the city that ended up at the industrial complex. There was a tall wire fence around the buildings. Smoke billowed out of the big silver pipes that stuck up into the sky. It was darker here. The clouds were thicker. The world was shrouded in gloom. The car pulled up in front of a plain white brick building, and the dietitians pushed her out. They led her into the building and up endless flights of stairs. The walls were cement and painted white. A thick layer of grime covered everything. The stairs were gray and worn. Each step was a little too tall, and it was an effort to hoist her body eternally upward. Her legs went numb. She stumbled on the next step and smashed her knee into the concrete. White-hot pain shot through her. That was okay. Pain was okay. As long as she could feel something, she didn't have to think. I wonder what's at the top. No, I won't think about it. You'll be too tired to fight. She couldn't worry about that. One step. Foot up. Push. Lift your giant body up. Step. Push. Lift. It hurt. The numbness was gone. It was replaced by a burning pain deep in her muscles. That was good. She let her mind revel in it. There was nothing else. Just the endless stares and the sweet, sweet pain. They finally reached the top. Maggie wasn't the only one hurting from the trip. The dietitians were red-faced and panting. They had to stop and rest with their hands on their knees. The tall woman coughed until her body was racked with convulsions. They were thin but not healthy. Not the ideal. A steel door was all that awaited them at the top of the stairs. A small sign marked it as the office of the chief dietitian. Maggie swallowed nervously. The other dietitians looked nervous as well. The tall woman knocked on the door three times, and they could hear the sound of a large lock being turned. The three white coats backed away quickly. They were several flights down as the door started to open. Maggie was left alone. The door stood open, but Maggie didn't move. Everything in the room beyond was bright, white, and sterile. That's not good. No, it's definitely not good. Client 54467, you may enter. The voice was familiar. She moved slowly to the door and peered inside. Come in. 
Dr. Clyde looked different in this setting. He was seated behind a large steel table. His glasses reflected the harsh white lights and hid his eyes. He adjusted them and motioned for her to sit on the examining table. He consulted his tablet for a long moment. The room was quiet except for the hum of machinery. Blinking lights and screens covered one wall. Each screen showed a blue line. Most of them rose and fell steadily. Occasionally, a line would go straight, and the screen would go blank. Dr. Clyde stood up suddenly. Maggie, he sighed and adjusted his glasses again. I'm very disappointed in your progress. I'm sorry about last night. I passed out on my bike and somehow I ended up... He waved his hand impatiently. Yes, yes, I've been briefed on your every movement since our last meeting. I know all about last night. Not a good way to begin. Not at all. We had such high hopes for you. Tessa would be so disappointed. If she was still alive. Another line went straight, and the screen blinked off. I said I was sorry. Of course you're sorry. Now you'll need to prove it. Your actions will show the truth, not your words. You have an opportunity, Maggie. Another chance. You can become a better person if you choose to do so. You could even be one of our elite. You have it in you. What are you talking about? Mr. Pratt wants you to become a trainer. Level up. You have something special inside you, Maggie. I'd like to help you discover it, if you'll let me. I don't think... Dr. Clyde laughed. It was a bitter laugh without any mirth. The sound was mechanical and cold. I am sorry, but you don't have a choice. Well, that's not entirely true. You have one choice. You can follow the plan and become what Mr. Pratt wants you to become. Or you can go to Fat Camp. Fat Camp. The 24-hour gym. Campers exercise day and night with small breaks for meals and sleep. Some said it was better than regular existence. Others claimed it was torture. No one knew if it actually existed. The final level. Maggie turned away from Dr. Clyde's blank stare. Another screen went blank. She took a deep breath. How do I become a trainer? Dr. Clyde smiled. Excellent choice. He consulted his tablet. First things first, I'm afraid you must be punished. I am sorry about this. If you had just followed the rules, it would not be necessary. But you have made your choice. He went to the wall opposite the screens and touched a panel. It slid open, and he removed a long silver coil. He unrolled the small hose. The examining table came to life, and Maggie was thrust back against the seat. Metal straps held her in place. Dr. Clyde approached her with a small, sympathetic smile on his boyish face. I am sorry about this. He placed the hose in her mouth and began shoving it down her throat. She gagged and tried to vomit. Dr. Clyde made a small noise in the back of his throat and shook his head. Not yet. 
She could feel the hose inside her. It was cold and reached down into her stomach. Dr. Clyde stepped back with a satisfied smile and nodded once more before consulting his tablet. He went to the wall and tapped on a screen. Numbers flashed across it. He set the display to five. A low chugging noise came from the wall, and the hose began to rattle against her teeth. Something was filling her stomach. She felt her stomach lining stretch to its limit. Dr. Clyde was slowly removing the hose as it continued to fill her. Her insides burned, and treacherous tears spilled down her cheeks. He looked at her with his bland sympathy. A detox. You are not losing weight. I'm afraid that is unacceptable. You are Tessa's legacy, and I will not allow you to destroy her memory. She knew you were a lost cause, but she refused to give up. If only you had that kind of tenacity. Maybe you would be a little less disgusting. He grinned and removed the hose. Green sludge dripped from the end, and Maggie felt an urgent need to vomit. There. Now comes the fun part. Nothing better than a good cleanse. He handed her a bucket and walked out of the room without another word. She was violently sick. It came in waves. Her body convulsed against the straps as she struggled to reach the bucket. She was covered in green slime. It stunk, and the smell set off another painful wave of vomiting. The bucket was useless. It would never end. She was certain she would die. There was nothing left in her, but she couldn't stop. Her body contorted and convulsed. The metal straps dug into her flesh. Thin rivulets of blood streaked her arms and mixed with the foul mess. She heaved and cried and begged for it to end. Then she threw up blood, and everything went black. And that is the end of chapter 13, book lovers. I hope you're enjoying Super Gym, and I will be back next week with a new chapter. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep reading.